Green Bay is a small town, only 100,000 people. Those 100,000 people may be different in many ways, but there's one thing that brings them all together. The Green Bay Packers. In Titletown, the blue-collar city only knows hard work, tailgating, championships, but more importantly, they know family. We have a saying in this town, faith, family, and the Green Bay Packers are all that you need. Sanjay and I grew up in Green Bay. You could say that we are Green Bay, or even better, the voices of Green Bay. We bring a local feel of Packer fandom to a worldwide audience. Friendship, family, and football. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Freezer Podcast. podcast where we bring you a local feel of Packer Phantom to a worldwide audience. I'm Sanjay and alongside me like always is Mr. Matthew Jensen and uh, we don't have Fred today. Fred is sipping on a nice little mojito down in Florida (laughs) enjoying the beautiful weather that that offers down there. Uh, Spending some time with the family down there Um, and maybe he might show uh, his face tonight. Maybe he might not. I don't know. We'll see. We will see but uh, either way, he's on vacation. Let him enjoy it. We got this. You can take a ride with us for a quick hour uh, before this uh, snooze fest of a Monday night football game is going to happen <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but uh, it is a victory Monday. Uh, it is the, <laughs> well, it's the number one team in the nfc right now because we got the r- number one seed and here we are, you know, here we are. Uh, here we are. So, hey, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to say, I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, you and I, I think we did the first couple of episodes of the Freezer podcast, like January of 2019, just after they hired Matt LaFleur. Did you ever think we'd still be doing the show three years later? And did you have also, did you think that we would have three straight 13 and three seasons in a row? Did you think that was going to be happening? First off, I'm going to say this right now, based on our show and our our structure of how like you and I are very not like we're not really like organized people. So as far (laughs) as keeping the show like going, I was like, dang, we got to make sure we're on top of our you know game here every week. Every (laughs) so no, I did not honestly, but you know what? We knew that we had something special here, and look at us now, and we have Fred with us in this on this awesome ride. So yes, this is definitely a great shot actually. (laughs) But as far as Back to back to back? <laughs> I know. I, I mean, it helps when you got two of the best uh, on offense with 17 and 12, but it also helps when you have a new and, you know, rejuvenated uh, offense uh, with a beautiful mind in Matt LaFleur and yeah. his coaching staff. Let's just not forget that he also, you know, Avengers assemble kind of thing For with real. all these different, you know, uh, great minds as well to really make this engine run. So, um, and real quick, just to let you guys know, we are uh, the freezer podcast. We're brought to you by game on Wisconsin, brought to you by our ventures and brought to you by Lakefront brewery. Check them all out. And all, all the shows that we have here at Game on Wisconsin, check us out at the Sweep Studios and everything that we have that's all Packer related. So, yeah, I really <laughs> – it's a crazy ride, honestly. But before we keep moving on with this awesome uh, awesome team that we have in 2021, let's uh, real quick uh, take a second because this is a, it's a weird moment for, you know, you and I, you know, born in the 80s. Uh, we've seen – like some amazing types of football played right in over the decades right we've seen yeah. far we've seen montana we've seen well i mean kind of montana but Trilling, we kind yeah. of seen you know obviously we've seen rogers and things like that and then we see something on the sports casting side because i didn't get to see him on the coaching side because i was not even a thought yet but uh the broadcasting side of john freaking madden and uh obviously we lost john madden just a little bit ago uh, i think it was wednesday of the last week i believe um and here we are on a sunday and a uh, you know and even saturday 
people are just like, you know, giving their tributes and showing their love and their support um, for what John Madden meant to the NFL and what he meant to each and every one of the people that have watched football or played football. Um, so real quick, Matt, I want to get your thoughts on John Madden. I know this is, uh, you know, you and I can relate a lot on this subject, but your thoughts on Madden. Yeah, I mean, real quick, I think a lot of people probably said it, and I'll, I'll echo it. He was sort of our like our soundtrack to NFL Sundays growing up. I mean, him and him, Pat Summerall, I can still hear their voices calling, you know, the the big NFC game or or whichever conference it was uh, every Sunday. And you knew when you heard John Madden's voice, you know, that it was a game of some type of magnitude. And obviously, he had such a love for Brett Favre. He had a love uh, and respect for Green Bay that not a lot of people do. I mean, people do, but. You know, he he extra appreciated it. I always felt like it was too uh, a shame that John Madden couldn't coach the Packers or or something of the sort. So, you know, he'll he'll definitely be missed, man. I mean, obviously, his legacy is going to live on. You know, he has had such a profound impact on the game, you know, how he coached, you know, what he meant to a lot of people. And then, of course, on the video game side, he can't go without mentioning Madden. I mean, who didn't, you know, our age growing up, you know, playing Madden, you know, excited every August and that game would drop. So, um you know, I'm just fortunate that I was around, you know, long enough to really take in at least his broadcasting side. Obviously, it wasn't alive uh, or coherent when he was <laughs> when he was when he was uh, uh, coaching, but um, definitely will be missed. You know, um, but glad I got to you know witness you know him in his prime uh, as a as a you know play caller. Absolutely, man, and I I think Rogers says it so nicely when he makes a a, a tribute to like um, to Jeopardy, right? And yeah, and I think like just you wake up you know, listening to a voice right on at six 30, like, right. And obviously you, uh, you know, with Sundays, like that's how I was introduced to football, right? Like you, you know, you see John Madden, like that's the voice that you hear. And obviously the video game that, you know, you and I play a lot of, um, it's been trashed for a while, but like, it's yeah, still, yeah. You, you know, no, nonetheless, <laughs> I, you put our GM hat and your GM mode on, and it's just fun to just do that stuff. Yep. But, um, he truly does have an impact on the entire game. And uh, yeah, let's, let's give a little, you know, shout out to uh, Betty white. I just found out today actually that she's going to be buried somewhere like between Platteville and somewhere. Her husband or the man that she used to love is actually from Wisconsin. Uh, he's what? from like, uh, I found this out from my, you know, a, a, a coworker and she has been asked to, uh, uh, I forget what that. It's like a place. It's a place that people go for like a, like a mausoleum a or something. No, like a sightseeing. It's like uh like a oh. nature one. Someone in the comments is gonna say someone's gotta know. But I just forgot what it was. And now I'm I'm slipping up right now. I'm slipping up on where's Rest in peace, Betty White. All right. Yeah, rest in peace, Betty White. And <laughs> hey, you know what? Fine, I'll give some love to Ben Roethlisberger, the guy that we beat in the Super Bowl. Fine. It's his last game in the Steelers, you know, Steel City, maybe. Uh probably most likely should be. Uh, because he's not that good anymore. But nonetheless, we are a Packers show, so we're gonna talk Packers, Matthew. And uh, before we do that, actually, let's <laughs> let's actually talk about the NFL <laughs> because this was a huge game, and we, uh, you and I, were sipping on some Miller Lights, and we were <laughs> kind of like just waiting and watching a different game, some scoreboard watching tailgate, going on, yeah, tailgating experience, and we're just sitting in the parking lot of Lambeau, and we're like, gotta do score check every 20 minutes score check score check and we i just let my hands freeze yeah pull my hands exactly. out of my gloves it's cold exactly. out <laughs> well worth it and you know we're watching the cardinals you know play the cowboys and mike mccarthy and it's really funny when now you hear everybody the next day say, talk about uh mike mccarthy's clock management and timeout management and you're like hey <laughs> we've been there we had a nice decade of that bullshit and yeah, we know it that. cost them. Like they didn't have a timeout to give and uh, to you know you know review a play and possibly get an overturned fumble on Chase Edmonds, which was clearly a fumble. Uh, so another blunder by once again, Mr. Mike McCarthy. But uh, I know you have. <laughs> I love it when we can talk about Big Mike, and I really do love that we can just you know shout out a Cowboy fan on here. But I just you know it's yeah. fun to just hear the reactions because you you get to see it front and center from your well, phone when you see the reaction i don't know if he actually gave you a reaction that night but did he uh he's been he's been radio silent i haven't <laughs> heard a word not a thing i've reached out i even actually said hey man i'm sorry for your loss i don't think anything changed because i still believe the packers and the cowboys are on a crash course to play so i said well nothing changed so i tried to make it feel better 
crickets nothing <laughs> you um, might want to but... call the wife and see if he's if she maybe can see if he's okay like, like, you know okay, now me, you're starting me, to worry about it welfare check if i don't hear from him tomorrow <laughs> i'll go down there myself um but but you know that's it amped up the crowd because people everybody in the lambo parking lot was there's tvs people had out in their tailgates people like me had their phone out with their fingers freezing trying to watch and follow along and once that game was over you could you could feel the crowd and people get a little bit more oh this a little heightened awareness a little more you know intensity yeah. uh because you knew what we were playing for and Actual people motivation. made multiple comments yeah, exactly you made multiple comments about not wanting to have to go to detroit who has been playing some you know teams pretty well you don't want to have to you know blow it in week 18 so so thank you arizona for beating the cowboys you know big mike if you're watching this you can come out of hiding it's okay you know shit happens you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see at Lambo in a few weeks. I yeah. Believe. All right. Hey. So obviously, that's the big game that everybody was kind of looking into. You know, we were kind of once we got the confirmation and the the clocks hit zero, we were obviously all pumped up right before game time. And it's like that. You're right. Like that extra motivation and just knowing that. Hey, look, this game. Let's go kick some ass. And let's obviously, go. that's what they did. But uh, real quick, we'll kind of talk about the the rest of the NFC because obviously we got to talk up. about the Bucks. We got to talk about yeah, the Bucks. We got to talk about the Bucks. I mean, it is Please. it is mind blowing watching a team kind of just like crumble at our you know you know in front of us. Obviously, they're still a good football team. They're st- still led by you know if you want to call them the goat, uh, Tom Brady. And somehow they had to muster up a comeback to the you know, New York <laughs> Jets uh, yesterday. But the big Obviously, the big news that everybody's talking about is Antonio Brown and his antics once again uh, that we have probably never seen before, probably won't see anymore uh, anymore because everybody's going to be like, oh, I don't want to be called, you know, Antonio Brown now for doing something like this. Uh, But he literally took off all his gear except for his pants and threw him into the stadium uh, and or well, some of the stuff in his fans and some of it just on the ground. I just ran off the field and said, deuces, I'm out. Uh, Matthew. I've never, never seen anything like that. That ever. I, when I in saw sports. the tweets. Yeah. When I was just like, kind of like scrolling through Twitter, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just trying to get ready. Yeah. You know, I'm about to like, you know, head, uh, head over to, you know, my brother-in-law's just to go watch the games and stuff. And I'm just like, what in God's this- name is going on on Twitter right now? And then we're like looking for video because obviously you see some tweets and then you're like, that can't be true. That, that, that sounds yeah. idiotic. And then <laughs> you see what's happening and you're like, wow, what a dumpster fire they, in Tampa Bay right now. Well, it, they're imploding. I mean, I know they end up winning the game, but it's like, I think that they were, they didn't play well and they probably should have lost the Jets, uh, frankly. Um, but think about what's happened in recent weeks. Just a string of injuries they've had. They lost Chris Godwin for the rest of the year. Antonio Brown's off the roster. You know, Leonard Fournette was down. You know, their defense was getting punched around. Like, they're trending in the wrong direction at the absolute wrong time. And I'm totally fine with that. They can hit the skids um, and have the bottom fall out for all I care. But in regards to Antonio Brown, you know, there may not be a more selfish guy you've you've witnessed. I mean, what a what a total dirtbag. Um, you know, the details are starting to leak out, and I don't think he's necessarily the most trustworthy person. He claims that, oh, well, I was hurt, and they tried to make me go back in the game. Really? Because you didn't look hurt when you were doing cartwheels and jumping jacks yeah. and jogging off the field. You looked just fine when you were doing that. So I think you should have just shut up and played, and you would have – he was, like, super close to, like, a million-dollar bonus. Like you're yeah. on a team that's you're on a team that's a Super Bowl contender, and you're just like, yeah, I'm just gonna quit here right in New York, and I'm gonna go outside the chain link fence and call an Uber so I can get a flight back home. What a nut job! I I'm simply just baffled that something could happen like this. Um, but I mean, a lot of people want to also say, hey, let's show some empathy and show the fact that maybe this guy just has something completely wrong with him in his head. You know, you know suggesting maybe being bipolar or just having some sort of mental health problems. I'm not a doctor. I ain't going to say any of that stuff. All I see is idiotic antics. And I just see some guy that just I'm... looks like he's got a bigger ego that he thinks he's bigger than the world and everybody else being below him is just below him. Right. So well, uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say too much else because we can move on to what really counts, but like I I've heard that a lot today and yeah, maybe he does, but it's like, this guy's done so much dumb right. shit. It's like, 
Can we start calling him out? I don't know. I, I'm tired of this past goal. Well, maybe he's got this or that. Like, well, you don't know, but he keeps doing this stuff, and it is just batshit crazy. Whoa! We got a guy! Hey! <laughs> I can't. I mean, I have to. Look at it. Hi, buddy. I heard you guys were talking about batshit crazy, so I thought I'd jump on <laughs> Well, you, you want to jump in? You had to come on. The AB segment. <laughs> Would you like to well, would that, you like to throw some sort of uh, extra fuel on it? Do <laughs> you want to talk about it? Yeah, I will talk about it. Actually, that's interesting because I had a little bit of a discussion last night with a friend of mine, a couple friends of mine, um, just kind of about the situation. And I'm struggling with it to the same degree I think you guys kind of are in the sense of, you know, a lot of people want to throw out the word CTE. A lot of people want to throw out bipolar. Those are absolutely things that could possibly be a reason for this behavior. However, the behavior has happened and started well before he got hit by Vontez Burfitt. Okay. This stuff was happening at Western. Yeah. It was happening all like, this has always been a, a routine for him where he's always done that. Now on the other yeah. side of it, well, I guess the same side, but my grandpa, who 100% most likely had CTE, who smashed plastic helmets against each other for decades. A lot of those guys had a lot of issues and, and some of them documented, some of them unfortunately took their own lives. There are a lot of very in, intense things that happened with that. But my grandpa didn't show up to practice in an air balloon. He didn't try to fight <laughs> his chef and try to steal money from a chef. And he didn't do- right. He didn't pick a vax card. <laughs> So that's kind of like that's where I kind of struggle a little bit with it. Um, hop, hopping in here real quick, Charlie Thurston. Hey, Char. Um, Charmander. So that's kind of where I, I I have a little bit of an issue with it. But other than that, like, I mean, it's just stop giving the guy a job. Like, let's be done. Yeah, with just it, shut right? him like, out. When, when is enough enough? Well, hey, the XFL already said they wouldn't sign him, so that's one we committed <laughs> that, to blocking I, him out. <laughs> hey, if you can, it, it, for some reason, Colin Kaepernick got blacklisted. I, I don't know how this guy can't. I mean, I get it. He If he catches a ball, sometimes he can make some special things happen. But for right now, the juice is not GM, worth the squeeze anymore. You just you just block that number. You block his agent's number. You just just let him be in his own little like world and, you know, let him go on with his business. Which but, is such a bummer because because an incredible talent. But we see this yeah. a lot, right? We Hall see of Fame a lot talent. in the NFL. We see guys, you know, abuse women or, you know, do drugs or, you know, like there's a lot of things that happen to people that we just don't know anything about. Obviously, I'm, I'm taking this on a weird tangent away from the Packers, but it's just what it is, right? We've seen so many of these stories where awesome talent and some way, shape or form, they go down the wrong path or something happens and, you know, you're just like, dang, why did that happen? Or how did that happen? Where did we go wrong with this guy? You know, so... Sucks, but hopefully only the the only person that can help him is him. You know, yep. that's yeah. that's where he's got to. No more enabling him. No more enabling demon. him. So, but like we said, there is a shakeup in the NFC because of this big win and obviously the big loss in Big D. Um, but the Rams are now the number two seed at twelve and four. The Buccaneers at the three seed also at twelve and four. Uh, and then <laughs> your lonely little Cowboys now dropping down to the fourth seed. But big, huge news for the Cardinals. They're obviously in with 11-5. And, and the 49ers and Eagles are officially – well, the Eagles are in. The 49ers are still got to fight for a second for one more game. But the Saints are obviously in the bubble. I think that's why there's like a little uh, little face-off that they need to kind of get some uh, help over there. But that's, like, that's the shaping of the NFC uh, playoffs right now. And that really leaves it to I don't know what's the what, what we usually play what the the winner of the five lowest in the, seed yeah the lowest remaining yeah exactly so that's either the Eagles probably or even the 49ers as their first game which I don't well, know that's if they win otherwise if you look at Dallas or who would be the three seed um, oh right Buccaneers right yeah well Bucks right. would go to a three would go to yeah I don't know. It's with the, now it's not the it would two be Bucks. It, it would be up. Cowboys or Cardinals, right? Yeah, it'd be Cowboys match, and Cardinals. Match. That's your that's yeah. your two because they play the six and seven seeds. So anyway, it's a weird, it's a weird it's thing, man. Math. Yeah, it's hard to do all this stuff. But no, hey, real quick on the on the standings, uh, Fred 
does there is there anything that kind of shocked you as far as what you're looking at right here? Obviously, now with no matter what anything runs through Lambo, don't matter. Anybody yeah. will take on whoever. But your thoughts on the standings? Is there anything that kind of catches your eye? Maybe there's someone you want to face. There's someone you don't want to face. Uh, with the NFC, man, it's so hard. I don't know. Some teams, you know, you look at Dallas, Arizona, Tampa, even as well. Um, sometimes they look so good, and then sometimes they look like kind of garbage and you're like well, what the heck how are they how are they considered to be so good at this point and so you feel confident against them but yet in the same breath I fear go, going against a few of those teams because I do think that they're they're heavily talented and on any given Sunday kind of you know cliche but it's true that could completely change so there is a lot of concern my biggest thing that I'm kind of focusing on for the next couple of weeks um is going to be obviously just injuries and COVID. And I think we'll kind of maybe touch on that a little bit more, but that's a really big factor that um, I think, I want, I think Collinsworth brought it up last night um, just about, you know, teams that have to consider that, you know, what, what if, yeah. you know, Dak Prescott comes out of COVID the night before a playoff game. I mean, those are really, really big deals. Once. Um, so I'm very intrigued with that, but as, as far as just teams to play, who I'm afraid of, I mean, I'm never comfortable going against Tom Brady because we haven't beat him. Uh, Dallas, I want to feel confident in, but there's some decent talent there. And and then to go with, you know, L.A. and Arizona, yeah, we've been successful against them, um, but still highly outed talent. It's always team, hard so. to win round two. Well, I think, you know, when you look at the NFC is like the reason it's so, I don't want to say scary, but it gives you a pause because every single team really, at least in the top four are are explosive and can be explosive, but they all have flaws. But if they show up and they play their a game, any one of those teams can make a run and go to the super bowl and absolutely win it. You know, green Bay, I think they have flaws, but I think like theirs are lesser They're They're not on a display as much, you know? And so they're the most consistent team is, is kind of what I look at it as. And you're right, Fred, like, you know, it, Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. The Cowboys could catch fire now getting, you know, Galpert with his ACL. That doesn't help them at all. But I mean, look at Arizona. They just went into Dallas who needed to win that game to keep pace for potential one seed. And they went and beat them. So it's like any one of these teams at any moment can go to anybody's house and win. And you guys know me. We, we sat here about a month ago and I talked about that home field advantage and what it means. And it's like if we can actually get like weather like last night where it's cold as shit and it's not like in the upper 30s, lower 40s. None of those teams want to come up here and deal with that. When you with get down 80, to those, 000. yeah, when you get down to those single yeah. digits, that shit's cold and it hurts. So right. that that wrapping up that one seed was massive because all those other teams are dome teams or warm weather climate teams. Right, and for so the record, if if, go ahead. If there's one team out of those though that you think could compete in that cold Brady. against us, Dallas. Tom Brady. He's got six rings. Dallas. He did it in New England. That pass rush. I don't know, yeah. man. That pass rush. I'm scared of that pass rush more than I am JPP and, you know, and do you, Jack do you also Do you also think that um, this is going to sound stupid. You guys are going to be like, what the hell? I can't believe you're saying this. But do you really think when it comes down to playoff football, right, like the NFC Championship, do you really think the cold has that much of an effect? I mean, because you're – like if you're a guy, like you've played in cold games. You played your college. You had to travel. You had to travel probably in high school. Maybe you had to travel in the pros. You've not. It's not like you've never been to a cold weather in your life. So I mean, when these guys go, yeah, does it suck? Is it hard? Is it painful? Does it hurt the joints a little bit more? Does it tackling hurt a little bit more? Sure. But do you think that it really is like that tipping point factor? That's like, well, it's cold in Wisconsin. They're gonna, you know, like that's no. the thing. I feel like we never had on that so much, and I just don't know if I'm like. Yeah, we'll win because it's going to be harder to play in Lambeau in the cold. I think you I, – I heard Chris Carter talk about this this morning, and he said that there's something different about the more experienced quarterbacks in the cold weather of how they throw the ball. And he said that Rodgers has a different type of arc level that he puts, and obviously his strength of his arm and the way that he zips it in or how he you know lofts it or how he plays with the wind is kind of the big reason why he's so successful – and where the receivers are, they understand that, look, if you just run the right route, and obviously if you're the anticipation of the you know the throw, you can make everything kind of work, especially in high you know winds, things like that. But then your younger quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, 
Um, you know, maybe I guess you could consider Dak because he hasn't really played too many playoff games outside Jalen Hurts, right? Trey, Trey Lance or even Jimmy G. These guys are not as experienced in this, you know, A, the A the pressure, B, the climate, and then C, just understanding how to win a game, knowing that, hey, look, we got to get into the end zone because no matter what, Aaron Rodgers is on the field and he will be able to get in. So it's like all that kind of mentally kind of goes into the, you know, into the thing. I think there is an element like what Matt was saying. No one wants to ch- tackle AJ Dillon in the cold, right? right? Like no one, no one wants to do that. But for pass rushers against a, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, that's a thing that kind of you know. Well, look, these guys are just ready. They have like thirty seconds uh, of just hey, let's go really batshit crazy and going after the quarterback. Like if you're a good pass rusher, you're gonna have some success. I think it's. I think it's. First of all, to your point, Fred. Like I agree. I don't think it's like this massive. You know scale moving thing at all i don't don't think it is but what i think it ties into experience because i believe that when it's cold like that you know you're changing your cleats you're not you're not using the same cleats you'd use you know um just small small subtleties like that i think that go into it and like you mentioned sanja you know passers like how to keep your hands warm how to throw the ball a little bit you know differently when it's cold out like that i mean look at the niners they came in here back in what was it 2012 2013 that game was brutally cold and they beat the crap out of us so it's no, by no means a guarantee but i just think when you have so many teams that are very close in talent and you know in explosiveness just bringing that back a little bit um i think can help the packers even if it's a sliver but when you're in a game that's maybe decided by a kick or one pass that could factor in now, Kiki, yeah. I think Mason has a little bit more of an advantage than some of the other kickers because the guy's been doing it since he's like 18 in Colorado. Like that guy's been kicking yeah. in all sorts of elements for the longest time. So I think that also plays in a big factor because I'm going to be honest with you. None of these kickers in the NFC, I'm not, I'm like, oh, yeah, these guys are going to be able to go down crunch time, win the game on the last second field goal. I, I mean, in my opinion, maybe the guy in uh, maybe Prater, but he has he's had yeah. some misses lately. So. Um, but anyway, let's move on real quick. Fred, uh, this game, as far as like the Packers are concerned, this, this number one seed and, you know, attaining it, I think it really showed at least in this, I mean, let's just talk about this game now, guys. Uh, the Vikings really kind of, I don't know, Mike Zimmer's defense is going to give you its best, right? There's still playmakers. There's still guys, there's names, you know, you got Harrison Smith on the background, you got you know, uh, Patrick Peterson on the outside, you know, you got Barr, you got Kendricks, you got, uh, I think it's, I think they have Sheldon Richardson in the middle now. Right. Yeah. So, uh, now they're obviously missing their big, you know, Daniel Hunter, like their big pass rusher, but no matter what, they're still going to try to give some sort of different looks at they, as much as they can on Rogers. But it looked like to me, as far as early on, uh, you know, getting the ball out quickly was kind of the main, you know, objective for green Bay. And, did you get a little nervous as for, especially with the back and forth of the, you know, of the three and outs and then obviously just settling for field goals, obviously in the red zone, which has been a, you know, kryptonite for us all season long. I mean, obviously, yes, in the end, we did break through and get some touchdowns, but were you still kind of getting into that, uh, you know, into that nervous, I guess, kind of like, oh, is this going to be one of those games where we just are playing down to our, down to the Sean Mannion level? Uh, your thoughts, Fred? <clears throat> yeah, I know that. God, it's been the mo every freaking week here. I feel like right. <laughs> where we start so slow, and it's and, and you know I've tried to sugarcoat it for a little while. I've tried to band aid the idea, but you know it's, it's here we are. Like we're right. basically on the cusp of playoffs, and we haven't seen that really quick start yet. So I'm I'm gonna probably take a seat next to you know you guys in that on that train of. Oof, I mean, I sure hope that that does not happen in the playoffs because right. we might not be so lucky. Um, but that being said, I mean it still felt like we were driving really well. It still felt like things were kind of clicking. It still felt like their defense didn't have control at all in those early kind of drives. I mean, yeah, we didn't come away with points, but that again seems to just be this weird voodoo over us right now. Um, but it still felt like we could drive the ball. We could get the ball to Devante. Um, and then as the game progressed, it, I don't know if it was me, man, but it just looked like they were just, they just gave up. Like yeah. straight yeah. up stopped playing hard. And it was, I don't know if it was the defeat. I don't know if it was uh, guys. Just maybe it was a it was a we're done with Zimmer type 
kind of thing. Like we're not going to play hard. Like we're just. This Did is you see so the looks over, on their faces right? on the bench after the Devonte touchdown so right bad. before the half? That was so. Yeah. I mean, they just like, saw. It, like, yeah. Just pure, and then and it never looked like Zimmer had much going on, and it, like he just didn't yeah. seem like he was he was excited he or motivated. Um, yeah, I mean, he well, he looked like he was tired from leading Santa's sleigh with that Rudolph nose. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, he looked frozen. Um, it 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 was interesting because then you go to the other side of the field and Matt LeFleur looked like he wanted to literally put up 90. I mean, he was hungry and looked motivated. And so there was just that like level of concern, but yeah, I mean, I I think we're going to see a big switch with Minnesota. I think we're going to see a lot of players kind of move around. I think we're going to see a new Vikings and I think that's just going to have to be kind of the, the thought process, but yeah, I mean, again, we're 17 weeks in and, I'm still not really – we have not seen a really good opening drive or opening drives to, to – Go ahead, Matt. Well, I felt like we were so close because I appreciated that first drive. You had those two dimes from Rodgers to Yeah, Adams, the and, first drive was so it, promising. Beautiful, that because that second pass, that deep one, was right at me. and it, it was just a thing of beauty. Um, but but I, I liked that because it showed to me, like, okay, they're not just trying to run the ball and, and try to right, get right. The, the the run going. And Rodgers made some comments about that, how he and LaFleur talked about, and really the team, about being more aggressive and definitely being more aggressive as the game winds down to try to close them out. So <clears throat> what the frustrating part was they hit those two passes, they immediately get down inside the red zone, and then they put the brakes on, field goal. Same thing, next yeah. drive, come down, brakes go on, field goal. But you kind of felt like, all right, well, they're moving the ball. And I remember vividly at one point, I think it was just before the last drive started where the, the they ended up getting some yards before the half. But we had like 260 total yards to their 28. I'm like, holy shit, like this is totally lopsided. Uh, the defense is putting on a clinic here. I mean, granted, it's against Sean Mannion, but but um, they did exactly what they needed to do. And then offensively, you know, they woke up there uh, in the second quarter and then they definitely you know, kind of poured it out in the end. But, you know, we've been talking about forever, guys, about the Packers, you know, getting a lopsided victory. And, you know, we kind of, we finally got it. So right. it could have been, it could have been more explosive had they cashed in, you know, on those first two drives. But at least, at least they were trying. At least they were trying to go for it. Um, and they almost had it. But again, they got they got to figure out that red zone stuff. The the bubble screens, man, like that, I, I just, there's <laughs> just so <laughs> many. There's I just know. so many of them. It's I, I mean, I know there were some that are just flat routes out to the running back on the outside. But then, obviously, the, the deflation, I guess, like, that catch by DeGuar that he missed was obviously, oh my God. I, I think that clearly you know, was a deflating because that was a perfect ball. Three missed Bobby touchdowns right there. He would have caught that. <laughs> um, so, obviously, if you have that, maybe, you know, we're talking about something different. Um, you know, with this, you know, slow starts and things like that. But nonetheless, you know, everybody's got to do their part in the game. But um, it's it's really those just trying to be too cute, I feel like, sometimes in the red zone. And I think that's where we're seeing that difference between 2020 and 2021. And I just don't understand, you know, you got A.J. Dillon or you got Aaron Jones. I mean, if you're going to do that, just go up the middle and just brutal, you know, you know, use brute force. I mean, it clearly worked late in the game. Granted, that's a different, you know, deflated team and they're just giving up. But, you know, I just think that the, you know, the presence of AJ Dillon, it seems like it's like, it's kind of like they're like, we're going to save him. At, he's like our closer. He's our, you know, our Josh hater. We'll put him in at the end of the game. Maybe we'll just, you know, let's just do things nicely with Aaron Jones. I don't really <laughs> like that philosophy. I think just if you're, pounding both of them like you're just getting a mix of both hit them in the mouth like honestly these screens are really starting to get on my nerves because it's yeah sure maybe the the solo one to you know adams once in a while is kind of nice because you know you got lazard blocking and then you can actually make a move he can actually but, make a move and make somebody yeah miss. like but it's like can. when you're doing it to, to guara and you're doing it to you know alan lazard like these guys are not gonna you know make people miss too often so i don't know i i just it, that kind of irks me at least on the on the talk of that I'd like to see. I'd love to see, and maybe I haven't. I maybe I haven't been paying enough attention to it, but I'd love to see Dylan and Jones in the backfield. I'd love to see Jones motion. I'd love to see Jones motion into that where he slides out and then he catches, you know, a screen and he can use his elusiveness to just fly through some of those situations. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're so they're both so dynamic in different ways, and it would just be nice to see. And I'm guessing that Lafleur has that. I'm, I'm, I would think that he knows. Hey, I have Earl Campbell and I have Barry Sanders. 
how do I get them to, you know, dominate a game? And, and once that happens, mixed in with the greatest quarterback of all time, that, I don't care what anyone says anymore. That's, it's like, you. I don't care who you are. You're, you cannot stop it. That's why I think that this team is different. And that's why I think, you know, representing the NFC in the Super Bowl is, is absolutely theirs to lose. I mean, they they can beat you in the air. They have the best wide receiver quarterback combo in the league, hands down, right? Um, yeah. They have a couple other guys, role players in the receiving core that can get the job done as well. But then when you, you <clears> want to take that away, okay, fine. Well, now we have Aaron Jones who can scamper on the side, make people miss. Oh, and then we have this sledgehammer bulldozer rhinoceros and uh, AJ Dillon who can, who, who can take on two or three defenders and push the pile for an extra four or five yards. So, right. you know, they can, they can pack a uh, pass block. Well, now you can make an argument that maybe they need to improve on the run block, but it's still good enough that they're getting, they're getting decent yards and they're being effective in the run game. I, you know, I just think like they have an answer for pretty much anything a defense can do. It just comes down to execution and can they, you know, can they enforce their will, if you will. Absolutely. And uh, before we move on, let's just get a real quick uh, shout out to our sponsors. And uh, here we go. The Feature Podcast is brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal at Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Artec Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. Artec Ventures. Yes. I really want to touch on this real quick. And David freaking Moore. Uh, you never thought, <clears throat> in a, you know, and I guess in a year, because Swerve and Irvin did a little, you know, nice job for us in the return game when he was here. But you never thought a breath of fresh air could happen in, you know, negative degree weather. Uh, but the fact being that we had someone at least competent back there. Um, I mean, even telling guys to get away, obviously being able to fair catch. And then the uh, icing on the cake actually produce a little bit of a push on the return and get us like 20 some yards uh, was really nice to see, especially, you know, on this push into the postseason. I don't know what this guy's really going to bring in the sense of, you know, you know, going forward. But if that's his debut, I was Dude. pretty excited about that. And I don't know how you guys feel, but hey. David Moore, man, welcome to the team. He apparently he had the longest punt return, <sighs> yeah, in, in the last forty-eight games. Right, and you almost oh forgot God. what it looked like, dude. So it's like this is a, I mean, just having somebody go back there, being able to catch the ball, and even to get five or ten yards instead yeah. of always surrendering yards is huge. Just to catch it, like yeah. just to not, just like that's it, like that's all we wanted. So like uh, every single yard that he goes past that is an absolute wow. Like, so it's a low bar here. It's a low bar here. Hey, I was ready to jump onto the field when they took that late hit on him. I was like, wait a minute, no, 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 no. you ain't yeah. gonna take my guy out like this, bro. Yeah. You ain't gonna take my guy out. Why was like that a penalty, by the way? And who knows? Like, what if? I mean, that could guys. We, I don't know, but I mean, it could very well end up turning out to be something that gives us this a little edge. Maybe this all little you bit need. of push going into the playoffs. I mean, what could you imagine if he returned a kick or a punt in Lambo on play? Like that place would literally they'd put a monument. They'd freaking put a monument oh, yeah. right next to this on the field. Take down Mike McCarthy way and put up. You know, Absolutely, like, I mean it would. It would blow my, and that was something that I always loved. Like when I was a kid, I mean, growing up was we're obviously all the same age, so anyone who knows knows. But but when you grew up in a decade where that was such a deal, man, like with obviously I've talked about before, Dante Hall, Devin Hester, you know, going back to Desmond Howard. I mean, that was a cool deal. Like that was fun back in the day when they kicked it off. Because I was like, I actually always was like, it could happen. Uh, where now it's like we're just hoping he catches it, which now we've got somebody who can and does seem to. Have it figured out. So uh, we'll have to, uh, you know, we're just going to, I don't know, maybe it ends up being something super cool. And he, yes, he did get onto the COVID list with Savage yeah. and um, and someone else. I forgot who the other player was. Um ain't playing this week anyway. Yeah, but in the end, they do get five days, remember? So the, the protocols yeah. change. So they do have five days to get off of it, which would be well in time before the Sunday night game. Uh, sorry, sorry, Sunday game. But yeah, they might not even play anyway. But let me ask, a, quick, move let me ask a quick question. 
Can yeah, I ask a quick question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the new role, rules are with COVID and the protocols. I know they switched them up, I think, like a week ago or not that long yep. ago. But wasn't there something along the lines of if you tested positive for COVID that you don't get tested for three, 90 days? Or 90, something? 90 days. That's what Rogers was on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious because I, now this is me being crazy, but I had started to think to myself, you know, Patriot wise, this is a Patriots type thing, but oh, don't even. I know where you're going with this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just now. I don't know if it, I don't know if the 90 days would line up by chance, but <laughs> if you were a team and had a star quarterback, I would be getting him locked in with COVID as soon as I can. <laughs> because the last somebody sneezes on him. Is, well, I'm just saying, you know, like, and I thought about that. I'm like, you know, I mean, I don't think the Packers would ever do that because we're not scumbags like that, but. <laughs> Man, if that were the way that that maybe lined up with, hey, ask Minnesota, man, word. ask Minnesota. Well, how they well, feel believe, about things? They just got I eliminated be- last night. <laughs> it just it echoes my point that I was saying before. I mean, what happens if Dak tests positive or or uh, Murray tests positive? Like and they're, they're not delaying the game. Yeah, they will lose and they will be out. Like we, if Rogers were to test positive because he had to take a test, we would lose. There's no question asked. Like so, do teams. I don't know if they're going to do it yet, but if this continues and COVID goes on for years and years, I mean, you got to start thinking that that's like a possibility, you know, and, and what better game than, you know, the game that Aaron Rodgers was supposed to go up against Mahomes. So it looks like we took a hit, but maybe we won't. Maybe we we'll no. <laughs> And I think I read that Rodgers, like the first time he has to start testing again is like the week of the Super Bowl. So how about that? Yeah, uh, that would be kind of that shit crazy if he got passed. But that, but that's, a- but that's a good point about why you want, at home, be home during the playoffs. It's less traveling, less being out around people in airports and all this other shit. So put them in and a bubble. There's no way that the Packers would go to the Super Bowl and the NFL would say, yeah, we're going to put Jordan Love in it. Yeah. No, 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 dude. Never <laughs> happened in a million years. No. Hey, but let's just, hey, in all honesty, what they should be doing is just putting these guys in a, a cell, a two foot by two foot cell and just lock them up for the playoffs because this is what Cryo this is the crazy scary stuff that we're seeing right you lose your quarterback yeah. that i mean you're getting sean Mannion out there like i mean what like that was literally the minnesota vikings last line of you know like whatever of you know heels and that, yeah. they needed to win that game and i think kirk cousins would have at least given a way better effort and thrown more down the field than sean Mannion did he, he couldn't even throw past the line of line of scrimmage so well i don't know why they didn't look at uh mr mond the other guy apparently they did. Mike zimmer just hates him do you see his press conference last, you last left night? they did give him the they gave hey him. you gonna you get you, do you want to get a look at mon next week not particularly because <laughs> okay. i see him every day yeah, <laughs> yeah. like all right how how to shit on a guy's Fucking yeah. pride and like you know, you're not about to. You're about to be fired, shit on so. it. <laughs> All right, hey, with uh, we'll, we'll we'll quick. We will do one more little word here, uh, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the Lions game. And uh, obviously, you know they they have something called in in mythology. They have the the four horsemen. All right, some some little thing about the four horsemen could be coming back. Uh, sooner than you think. So don't go anywhere. This is the Freezer Podcast. The Freezer Podcast is brought to you by Lakefront Brewery. Lakefront Brewery is one of Wisconsin's largest crafter breweries. Since its founding in 1987 by brothers Russ and Jim Cleish, Lakefront has earned numerous awards and created many industry firsts. Currently, Lakefront Brewery offers more than 20 different beers in 30 different states and several countries. Lakefront Brewery tours are among the most popular in the United States, with over 100,000 taking the tour yearly. Unlike most brewery tours, Lakefront was one of the first to offer beer before, during, and after the tour. Brewing flavorful, high-quality craft beer has been their passion for over 30 years. They'd love to tell you their story over a pint and a tour the next time you're in Milwaukee. Visit lakefrontbrewery.com to schedule your tour today. All right, so... It's too much, too much Sanjay voice. We got to get something. We got to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, I, I get it. All right. I know you don't like it, but like, you know what? It's it's a beautiful video. It's it's done right. Done right. So just maybe we'll get something different. Maybe we'll get. Well, there we go. Something. See? Okay. I know. I get it. Yeah, I get it. You don't like the reads. But tell Matt. Maybe Matt can do one. All right. Just well, if somebody asked you to do it, I'd do it. All right. You're well, doing it next, hey, week. Let's have, next let's week. Let's have, let's have, uh, let's have some of our fans do it. Oh, there we go. Iowa Joe. Iowa Joe. 
Come yeah. on. <laughs> Come on. Do the All right, guys. We have the Lonely Lions who seemingly put up, I don't even know, what did they put, 39 points? or what was it? Boyle. 29? Yeah, something ridiculous. I mean, they gave up 51. But <laughs> they came and fought against the Seahawks. Uh, but we do have them next week. But that's not really the story we're going to talk about because I don't give a shit about the Lions. I don't really give a shit about this game. But the thing I teased about in the beginning was the four horsemen. And that is potentially, potentially, and I don't know how true this is going to be because this just seems like there's so many different like reports and there's so many different like you know weird things that Matt says in his press conferences. And you're like, eh. I mean, maybe you get excited, maybe you don't. I don't know. It's it's a lot of blue ball, and I'm just going to tell you that right now. Okay, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> so our boys, Debach, you know, hot box summer. Get the shirt today, Dakota Mitchell. Make it for you. Uh, we have box summer. That sounds cool. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, you got Zadarius Smith, you got Jair Alexander, and you potentially could have Josh Myers. Or, and I know this is kind of a tweener because Billy Turner's not as injured as those guys are because you know they're coming off some pretty serious. But he's still injured, nonetheless. I mean, he's he's still hurt, and. I feel like I should have said six because you also get Randall Cobb, which Aaron Rodgers fully thinks that he's ready to play next week uh, because he probably, if he was saying like in his presser, if he was, if it was a playoff game, he probably would have fought to get on the field last night. So I think it's safe to say that Randall Cobb will be ready by the next time the Green Bay Packers take the field. So your guys' thoughts on the four horsemen potentially coming back. Uh, obviously, let's just be more specific on Debach and Jair Alexander. I just don't I, – I don't know about you guys. I just don't, you know, really see what Z can do. Apparently, they said that he's going to possibly try to give practice a go this week. I don't know what that means. But uh, your, your thoughts, at least on the big two with Bakhtiari and Jair. They said that David Bakhtiari could practice this week. They said that he was going to give it a go and then try to go – you know, he's day-to-day obviously still. But Jair, regardless of his COVID status – he was, you know, he felt like that he was, you know, uh, ready to go, but it was more about the tackling. If you felt confident in tackling or, you know, mentally ready for that as well. So your thoughts guys, I, f- I feel like they have to know by now. I feel like they know if he can right. play or not play. Like there's no way they're still going, well, I don't, they, they have to know. I think they're following a particular plan and, uh, and they've definitely stuck to the guns. They haven't given out really any bit of information that would make you think one way or the other. They've been very, very, very quiet about it all. Um, you got there you go iowa joe ask for it all not not a problem with that um but but going back to these guys i mean Talk yeah you want to well you want to see him get in the game i mean you know i don't really think that you want to toss these guys out there they haven't played by hasn't played in an entire year and and jair hasn't played you know in, in two or three months so right. to me it's like even if you get them out there for a, a handful of series a quarter a half whatever to me, it's like just get them out there, knock the rust off, because I don't want them knocking the rust off when they're going against Demarcus Lawrence or going against Aaron Donald or that he's right. having a guard, C.D. Lamb. Like, nope, don't want that. So go play the shitty Lions. They have two wins. You can play against Amon Ross St. Brown. You can line up against whoever they have as pass rush, and that's where you knock the rust off. If they don't play this game, I have to wonder how much they'll be interested in playing them in the playoffs because, again, the scenario I just described, are you going to roll the dice? I mean, I know David Bakhtiari is a all all pro, maybe the best left tackle in football. But are you going to trust him on a year off of football to come in and Against be? Because you got to have your A game. You can't come with a B minus or a B. You need to be in there. And frankly, everybody on our line has been playing wonderful. So unless you can match that or be better, I'm sorry, but then maybe you take a back seat to those guys. I don't know. And I'd rather have you sit him. Honestly, you're already paying him a lot of money. If if you have any concern that you might, I don't even know what it is. If it's in practice or if it's just mentally, if he just doesn't feel like it's ready, then just whatever. Just don't play. I'd rather you not risk it and give me 70% Bach or 70% jaw, and then we hurt you even further. And then your whole career is, you know, you know, to shreds or something like that. Like, that's what I don't want to see either because these guys are too long-term you know, uh, uh, investments. And now we obviously, obviously haven't given that investment to Jai, uh, Jair yet, but David Bakhti, Bakhtiari, we have. So it's like, you got to start looking at now. Z, I don't care. Throw him in there. You know what? I don't even think we're going to keep him next year. So throw him in there if he ain't ready. <laughs> get get ready, something out of him. Whatever. Can. <laughs> Peace, dude. Yeah. yeah. Forget it. But anyway, no, um, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Fred. 
No, I, I, I 100% agree with you, Matt. 100% agree with you, Sanjay. Um, there's definitely some questions there, like, right? Like, everybody knows inside, internally in the organization, the coaching staff, the health staff, everybody knows what's going on. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it to them to that degree. I just talked to Ethan about this today because I was like, what do you think, man? Like, do they play Bach? Do they play Jair? What do you, like, where are you at in your thought process? And I do think it really ultimately kind of comes down to a little bit of age. Right. Everybody just went on. A little bit of age. Um, and then a little bit of just the, the severity of the actual injury. Um, like with Bakhtiari, you know, we're, we're so pushing for him. To, huh? Have you ever worn, uh, have, you, have you ever worn an AirPod? No. So, okay, okay, let, me, let, me first. let me tell you something. So I, I forgot my ear. I forgot my, my buds, my okay. like Samsung ones, Samsung ones. I forgot them. So Amanda gave me her old, like these old AirPods. But if you, if you turn them down, they don't play. They only play when they go up. Oh, really? Okay. Right. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds so. like a defective. A defective. So I'm like, no, the like, first time. Okay. Even, yeah, no, it's super weird. I know. See? Um, see? Okay, she backs um, it up. All right, he's, his alibi checks okay. out. Anyway, um, okay, so back, back to my point before this, I got all weird and, and AirPod-y. I had so, to ask, man. Yeah, no, I get it. It's weird, and the people like I don't, I don't really know how these are supposed to work. Haha, you need it anyway. Yeah, but anyway, um, I think with Bakhtiari, we were so quick and like, hey, why isn't he back? What's going on? He should come back. Like, towards ACL, literally almost like a year ago, right? Like, yeah. we're, we're pushing a year. Like, change. that's a that's a very normal recovery time. And we're talking about a guy in his thirties, bigger dude who uses that, that, that leg big time with it. So I just feel like, well, I don't want to rush that one. Like I'm not that concerned. Whereas with Jair, he already started. He's fresh leg. He's freshest, fresher legs. He's younger. He could probably get thrown in the mix and be okay. Bakhtiari, yeah. I, I do need that, that comfort. And so my initial thoughts to all this was, you know, let's keep Bakhtiari out. Uh, maybe keep Jair out. Just give him that extra rest. Really put, give him that those practice reps. Really just get his speed going. You can get good speed in practice, uh, and then kind of go forward. But to your point, man, you brought up a good point. Who's the fucking Lions? Like that's yeah. basically a, a, a scout team, right? Yeah. Like you just basically like that might be a really good opportunity for them to right. practice in a game speed <clears throat> atmosphere to kind of get them going. But yeah, I say. Uh, I'm not worried about Jagger. I think you could throw him back in the mix and he'll be fine. Bakhtiari, I think you have to be a little bit tender in and you don't want to rush it. Um, and if you had to maybe bring him in in the playoffs, it's something you have to maybe do. But again, to your point, our offensive line has not been bad. If it was a dire fire, shit house, like offensive line situation, I'd say, well, we got to do, got to do. Um, right. And then with Sidarius, dude, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, I just, I, I don't understand that whole situation. I said, I said this like what six months ago when I was like, yeah, when he came out with the, the the chain thing, and then all of a sudden he was like, he wanted to hate on everything, and then all of a sudden we got good, and then he was like, well, I want to come back, I want to be back. Like, I don't really buy it, man. I, I think he's, I, I don't, I don't buy the team player in him anymore, <clears throat> and I just really don't think it matters now. Um, if he wants to come back and put up some numbers and audition for a role to go <clears throat> into free agency or get traded, by all means, do so. But I'm not really that worried about it because I think that I think Bane Gary has completely taken control of that situation. And honestly, shockingly enough, after a lot of hatred last year, I'm really impressed with Preston Smith. And I think he's doing really well. Not just not just the sacks, right? But his uh, discipline on the end and him staying on that end and cut and and shutting that down and getting good tackles. That was something that I could stand with him because he overpursued so much. It was very Clay Matthews esque. And he's yeah. really got coached into a great position, so I'm excited for him. I think, <clears throat> regards to Big Z, like I'm, I'm with you, Fred. I think that he's probably gone after this year. But it's like if we could get three games out of that guy and get sure. 15 snaps per game, solid snaps where he can apply pressure. Him, Gary, and Preston, nasty. And give me three games, you- get your ring, and then get out. <clears throat> You know what the thing, you know what I always keep coming back to too is you always say last year and even the year prior to that, the juice, right? They ran out of juice. They were they were tired. Yep. Like we, we said after we said after last year's NFC championship, with with Zedarius. And then he comes out and he's like, Oh, it's you know, yeah. Like, 
That what? was so annoying well, that the, he actually said that something. Game, that like, don't even talk. To ball games. Yeah, so now I'm looking at it like, okay, sweet cheeks, you get three games. Uh, hopefully you won't be tired by that third one. Like, just go, like, <clears throat> that drove me crazy. three balls that, out. That, that, was the start, that was the start of the decline with me and Zedarius, and then everything after that was just I could see so, his chain from the from the stands last night. By the way, I think it was before leaning. we before we go real quick, I just want to touch on this because this was really important. Um, oh, they hugged last night. Wow, great. He also he's also does like all these social media things. We're like, hey guys, I'm coming back. Like, no, you ain't coming back. You ain't doing I had shit, no idea boy. he was away from the team. Yeah, but anyway, <clears throat> let's move off past him. The so, coach is gonna hug him. He's not gonna not hug him. That'd be even worse. <laughs> yeah, be bad. That'd be kind of cold. I, I, this one thing to note. In the Packers stadium, they never play his uh, get hype stuff. Uh, they do Elton, and he's injured. So there is something to say about that, that they don't ever even touch the Darius. Yeah, I didn't see him. They never put him on the Jumbotron right. compared to, like, you know, some of the other. In- I mean, Which I have, they even did Tony was, too. He was all over. He was all over the Right. Jumbotron That's and, something. And hey. Programs hey. and everything. Right, right. Hey, so real quick, oh. Rodgers said that he doesn't want two weeks off. Uh, or Sorry, technically kind of three weeks. Um, he thinks that even uh, one week would be fine. He thinks that his toe could be not maybe fully 100% healed, but like he feels like he could be 100%. I thought that was pretty important to say last night in his presser that he just felt like, look, I don't think I, I mean, I, he said he felt like this was the best game that he's had where he didn't have any setbacks, no injection shot in the beginning of the game. That's huge news. I mean, I, we were all dying for the buy for his toe, right? Like, but now that he's like, I want to play against the Lions, and I only need like a little bit of time anyway for the buy. Like that's a lot of positive news coming from twelve. <clears throat> well, and so I, do you think twelve plays? Yeah, I think he does. I think so. I here's he wants why MVP man. I think he. I think him I think and Tay. Yeah. They're they're just he, ballers. I think he's wrapped yeah. it up. But to me, it's like these guys are creatures of habit, and you know, yes. the last few times that we've taken the last week off or this and that, it hasn't bode well. Um, I think these guys need to keep. Keep sharp. Now, if you play him for a half or a quarter, whatever. But to me, it's just the thought. He's in game mode. He's thinking about it. He's going in. He's having to execute, you know, playing the game. I think you need to keep them sharp because they already have a problem with slow starts. You can't take three weeks off the better part of a month and then show up and then have it have it really rear its ugly head. Got to try to keep some type of normalcy, I think. I think three weeks off is way too much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I, I actually, I, I've thought that for a few years and I've always been like the weird outcast because I've not wanted that for that buy because I do think that it's habitual and it's very routine and you got to keep going. And the second that you just stop in between, it, it just kind of throws the, the momentum and the chemistry off. And then this team with this coaching staff, obviously, who are remarkable – but are not so remarkable in those circumstances. So it's a little, you know, it's, it's all about momentum, man. <clears throat> yeah, man. That momentum of, you know, you keep winning games and well, you're feeling good. I mean, obviously it, the injury part and the injury element is part of the NFL and you want to stay healthy as long as you can for the stretch. And if you can have that extra week off, that is the bonus, right? Like you get to stay healthier, but like it's a matter of keeping that focus, that mental drive and, and that mental push and not losing juice before the yeah. biggest game you, of your freaking career, you can't mail this game in. This this playoffs is everything for this team. You're getting a third crack at this, and by the way, two two years in a row, you got the playoffs run through your house. No, 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 you cannot go here and just 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 lay an egg against the Lions, get beat, and then who knows what happens from there. Keep going, keep the routine going, keep these guys playing, and the yeah. chips are gonna fall where they may. <clears throat> All right, so. Hey, it's still a season game. We still do predictions. It's the Lions. It's the Packers Sunday, uh, probably at noon because no one gives a crap. Uh, so <laughs> it's an early game for us That's to try to figure out. But a lot of uncertainty because we don't really know who's going to play, who's going to play long, who's going to play short, who's going to play. Is Jordan Love going to just you know uh, take most of the snaps? We don't know. Uh, but I would like to think Aaron Rodgers probably will start and probably not finish the game. But Matt, start us off with our predictions. I think so. I think Rodgers plays at least a quarter, maybe a half. I think it, he goes and gets the Packers a nice lead. Maybe they're up, you know, 21 to 6 or 7 or something like that. And then Love comes in. Maybe they score a touchdown, but the defense slowly bleeds the lead. Not going to pick against them. Don't worry, Fred. So going to go 27-21 Packers. Wow. <clears throat> All right, Fred. No, I was, I was, I was laughing because I felt like you were, you were on pace to say the exact same score that I was. 
So okay. I was giggling to know how much Sanjay gets pissy with that stuff. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go very similar with it. I, I do think it's a it's an early kind of step up. Um, like I think Detroit gets the first touchdown, then we go and score 21. Um, Love gets a touchdown. They kind of riddle their way. I mean, they've been scoring points. So you got to give a little yeah. bit of props to Detroit. They're gonna come out and they're gonna play. Um, but I think it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be like a 28 to 20. That's where my head was. Um, initially, now I hope it's a forty-eight to twenty, but we'll we'll stick with twenty or twenty. We don't. Well, th- that's a good point by Iowa Joe. Is it going to be Boiler Golf? I mean, that kind of determines how yeah. this game might go. That's a big deal. <laughs> well, hey, hey. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't know who's starting, but I'm picking us to lose this game because Matt and I are tied in the predictions record at twelve and four. Fed, you suck. You're at eleven and five. Uh, so right now, I want to be the Wait, top dog. So. Yeah, Andrew's got that on the drive, right? He's got it in our document. So I want to get ahead of Matt because I know I'm ahead of Matt in all aspects of life. So I want to just keep that right there in front and center for everybody to see. So I'm picking us to lose. I think we're going to lose 20. Well, they just scored 29 points. So I'm going to say 28 to 17 because I think Rodgers will score two touchdowns if he does play. And then he's out. He's going to go, hey, yo, I'm MVP. Peace. And then... Yeah. You got to pick against them to even up with me. How about that? I just, I just, I just want to say that I got ridiculed for picking us to lose against a LA Rams team that was thriving, and you're gonna have us lose to the Lions. <laughs> hey, hey, Jordan loves playing. I don't know. I don't know who's finishing the game, and we clearly know if we're down to a team. I don't know if Jordan Love is gonna. I, I'm only picking now this until I, I can now, beat Matt in the stand. I, I don't think I we're know. actually gonna lose to the Lions. Now I know why you were talking about the four horsemen because you're full of horse shit. So yeah. <laughs> nice one. With that Show's being over. said, <laughs> hey, wait, one, one last thing. What? One last oh, thing. One last burn. thing. One last thing besides, besides your son is being disappointed. Uh, <laughs> huge. I wanted to quick say, I don't know if you guys talked about it, but uh, big rest in peace to John Mann. Yeah. Yep. Uh, absolute legend. Uh, love him. Like just godly figure in the uh, football world. And then a big shout out to my dad, Papa G, watching us for the first time on the show tonight. So appreciate you, Papa G. And uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week to ridicule Sanjay on picking us to lose against. The yeah, party. safe travels back to Wisco, by the way. Hey, yeah, you man, know, <laughs> that's Fred. That's Matt. We're out. Enjoy the Packer game. Go pack. Go. Go. go.